Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I want to get right to this episode. Before we do, I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. want to let you know the best way to reach out to me is probably an email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com or through my Instagram account at jscottoutdoors. Just send me a direct message. I want to thank GoHunt.com. They are the title sponsor and have been since the inception of my podcast in 2015. You guys know Cody Nelson, my friend, the glassing guru, the optics authority there, the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you guys have any optics needs, any tripod, any glassing questions, you can reach out to Cody directly at 602-399-3699. You can text or call him. That is his cell phone. You can also reach him at 702-847-8747. You can email optics at gohunt.com. Make sure to always use, whether ordering online or if you're calling and and call Cody Direct, use the J. Scott promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount. Um, also, you get a 10% discount at the Go Hunt Insider, which has incredible um, mapping now with the Go Hunt maps. Um, it also has amazing draw odds and strategy articles, uh, which is super important this spring going into application season. Go check it out um, gohunt.com uh, forward slash J Scott. Uh, and if you use the J Scott promo code, you're going to get a $50 Go Hunt gift uh, gear shop gift card um, when you sign up um, just by using the j scott uh, promo code i also want to thank kuyu ultralight hunting i've been using um, kuyu gear since 2010 um, when the company started they're based out of california Um, my late friend jason harrison was the founder of that company and Um, Since Jason's passing, the company has just continued to push the bar of excellence and innovation. Uh, Go to Kuyu, that's K-U-I-U.com. You can order it's a direct-to-consumer website. Um, They also have uh, a retail store in Dallas, Texas, as well as the headquarters in Dixon, California. Go to Kuyu, K-U-I-U.com to order. Uh, I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Cheston and his guys over there at Phonescope um, make the best digiscoping adapters for your binos or for your spotting scope. Use the JSCOT24 promo code and get a 10% discount on all orders. Guys, let's get right to this episode. Again, I appreciate you tuning in um, and God bless. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I've got Pat McCarty of Shadow Valley Outfitters on the line. Pat, how are you? Doing great, Jay. Thanks for having us again. You bet. Um, we're looking at a deadline here in a week or so uh, for the Arizona Game and Fish for the elk and antelope applications. And I always like getting you on uh, to get your perspective on the upcoming year. Um, how are things looking out there for the terrain and the landscape for those animals um, as we as we look at these applications going into this season? How, how is it looking? So I think uh, there's two ways to look at it right now. So, so far to this winter, it's been probably below average as far as moisture goes. Um, but we're, we just had a pretty good storm roll through about a week ago. And then looking forward to this next week, starting like right at the application deadline, we're looking at pretty heavy rainfall and snow throughout some of the high country across the state. 
So I'm kind of looking at this like um, we had a great winter last year. We had a great summer last year, good moisture. We had a lot of feed, um, lots of water in all the holding tanks and the ponds. Um, and then we haven't had like a severe winter. So I think it's been relatively good for the animals. Um, you know, it's never good with a drought, but not having a severe winter. There's plenty of feed. There's plenty of holdover water. So I think so far we're looking pretty good. Um, I think this next storm could really hit at a great time because it's going to come early February. Some of the bigger bulls and whatnot are going to start dropping horns. Then you're going to have hopefully a pretty good moisture content in the soil to help with a good green up. And with that being said, how does that, in your mind, good spring moisture, how does that, you know, late winter and early spring moisture, how does that benefit elk antlers uh, moving forward? So I think, you know, last year we had everything in line to have what we thought was just going to be tremendous for horn growth, right? We had a great winter, we had a good spring, we had good summer, um, and we saw good horn growth. I don't think it was amazing. I think what we've learned is age class trumps everything as far as that goes you know you get older mature bulls they know how to find good feed and good water but what we did see was plenty of bulls in that middle tier anything from you know 330 340 to 360 we saw a lot of young bulls that definitely saw a boost that probably outdid their age class because of the good moisture and the good green up early in the year um you know i, I if we could script it perfectly, you know, we'd have a great monsoon as well, but you know, that just doesn't happen all the time in Arizona. Um, but I think having a good start to the horn growth year with late winter, early spring moisture is, is all we can really ask for at this point, because it gives the bulls that boost of good nutrition, right. As they're coming out of the winter time and starting that horn growth. Okay. With that being said, um, here we are moving into the application period um, in your mind, what are some, some of the shining stars for guys that are, say, applying for archery tags in the state and, you know, which units are shining stars and, and ones that your guides and you guys like? Yeah, so I think for like the top of the class, right, the bonus point pass, your, your big tier units, you know, the trophy units, for me, it's going to start with unit nine again, Um Last year was tremendous. We had a fantastic rut. Uh, we saw a lot of good bulls. I think the impact of not having trail cameras in there for multiple years now, we're starting to see the benefits of that. And some of that is taking, um, you know, having people not know exactly what's out there the whole time and not just waiting for one single bull to come by that they have a ton of pictures on. Now hunters are killing bulls. Very nice mature bulls, you know, 350, 360, 370 type bulls that, you know, they're going to be happy with. They would be very, very happy with, and they're not passing something because they, they've seen a ghost on a trail camera, right? So, but with that, some of those bigger bulls do slip through the cracks, and you're seeing uh, a different set of bulls in nine again that we saw, you know, 10 years ago, where you've got a, a good group of bulls um, that are big, big bulls, and then you've got a great group of middle tier bulls. And then, you know, the bull-to-cow ratio in unit nine is typically pretty good anyways. But I think that's what we saw this last year. So I'm really looking forward to that again this year. Um, I like unit nine. I like, obviously, 23 north, 23 south. It's it's fantastic. You know, it's got everything you need. Peace, solitude, uh, low tag numbers. It, it's a great hunt. But it's not realistically a draw for very many people. So then I think you got to look at unit 10. Um, unit 10 looked good. 
it just continues to trend in the right direction. You know, not having access uh, all year long, so it gives them peace and solitude, not having trail cameras, and then it having, you know, access to the big bow restricted to a certain point, you know, by people having to buy a permit, it does limit how many people go in there. So that does open up some hunting opportunity and not every bull's known. Um, so I, I have that right up there too. And then I also have unit one. Um, we've been in there, you know, for quite a while now and unit one was tremendous last year. We had a great hunt. All the archery hunters did a fantastic uh, job holding out and killing good bulls that are, are the bulls you're going to go in there looking for. So I'm really happy with how it went. So I'd, I guess I would say nine, 10, uh, you know, obviously 23 North or South and then unit one as well. I really like that for the middle tier units. I'm looking at, I think seven West is right in the middle of that again, because you get a lot of bulls coming over from nine and 10. Um, we like, uh, the six a, um, it's lower side, but it's still a great opportunity for guys. Lower um, side as then, far as quality? As far as quality, but great opportunity, right? So, like, there's plenty of opportunity, but it's lower side of quality. And then, you know, for us, we really, as you know, for years and years, we love the Unit 8 hunt. You know, we had a great hunt in there last year. Um, it's it's sneaky, right? On a, on a good wet year, um, you can have some giants come out of Unit 8. Is that, you know the thought going in all the time well obviously we're looking for that but if you have a bull in that 330 350 class you need to consider shooting it so unit eight sneaky um i personally still love the unit i think it, it, it's a great opportunity and you can go in there and hunt something really big how much of that though is because you're local to there not very far from your house and you know it really well i mean do you still yeah, think a, that a that translates to someone that maybe would go to a couple of these middle tier units and doesn't know it as well as you, or do you, do you feel like, yes, it is kind of a really good unit for middle tier? Like I say, I think it's that, um, it's sneaky, right? That, I think that's the best way to describe it. Obviously, because we know it, you know, we've got some history with bulls year to year. Um, so that changes it a little bit, but every year we talk to guys on either side of the spectrum. Like we talked to guys that said, you know, I thought this was going to be a better hunt. You know, it was hot, the rut was bad, whatever the case is. And they're bummed out. And then we talked to other guys that are like, wow, that was phenomenal. You know, I haven't had a hunt like that in the past. So it's very pocketed um, as far as rut activity goes and what guys are going to see on a day-to-day -day basis. Sometimes it was really tough. Last year, it was a tough hunt. It was, but we were able to, you know, pocket bulls, a lot of work at night driving around listening to bugles trying to find out where the action was but once you kind of pinpoint them uh you can get in there and get after them pretty well so you know for me um i think it really depends on what the expectation of each individual hunter is and what they're going to be happy with versus how many bonus points they have right like if a guy's sitting on you know 22 23 24 points and he's chasing those top tier units i say hey hold out don't put in for unit eight hunt you can wait. But if you have a guy in that, you know, 13 to 16 points, it's going to be really hard for them to catch the bonus point pass or even catch a random tag on those other units. So they need to look at other stuff. I would say seven West is probably better obviously than the unit eight hunt. Um, but I think it's right in there close. If a guy has the time to put in on a unit eight hunt, he can do well. If not, if you don't have time to do that, it's going to be really, really difficult. And then how do you see like um, unit units 5A, 5B, uh, 4A, 4B, any of those playing into your strategy? 
Yeah, so I like the 5A, 5B hunt a lot. Um, I, I would say I would put that in there with the 7 West, and I'd put that in there above Unit 8 for sure. The last couple of years, it's really produced well. There's been some really great bulls that have come out of there, so I really, really like it. Um, the 4s, I would say if you know it well, it can really produce, right? And every now and then, there's going to be a bull that comes out of that country that is a special bull. Um, I would say it's kind of like the unit eight stuff in that same lower to maybe middle tier, but I really like the five B and five a, you know, on that early rifle hunt that's in there. That's a great option for guys that are chasing an early rifle tag, but they're not going to catch, you know, the unit nine rifle, the unit 10 early rifle, or, you know, the early nine muzzleloader on an off year. So that's a hunt that people should consider because you go in there, you have an opportunity to, to, to harvest a, a bull that's, you know, better than 360, something in that 370 plus range. One thing you haven't talked about is the block units, which you are familiar with because it's right there by your house. Um, what are your thoughts on the block units? And when, when I say the block units, um, let the people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so we're talking about the 17s, 18s, 19s. Um, you know, for us, Jay, it, it's really, it's tough, right? Because guys look at the regs and they're like, ooh, I can draw an early rifle tag in the in the multi-unit, in the block unit, and I can go and it's, you know, several weeks long. Uh, they, so they say they really, really like that. Um, but it is a limited opportunity hunt. And there's a lot of private land out there that, that limits opportunity to the land that's holding elk. Now, if you've got the points and you can get on some of the ranches, um, then it's a great opportunity for you to do that. But that's not the reality for everybody. So we talked to a lot of guys that draw the tag and they're like, tell me what this is. You know, I see a lot of great bulls. I'm like, well, a lot of those are private land hunts. But if a guy's looking to get out here on his first hunt and come and learn and spend some time, they can draw it without waiting forever to do so. They can draw it. You know, non-residents can draw it not maybe the early rifle, but some of the general hunts with, you know, eight or less points. So it gives them an opportunity to do that. But, you know, we really don't do much in there. We do take some hunters, um, but we, we really try not to mislead that that's a great hunt by any means. It's an opportunity and it's limited opportunity. That's kind of how we view it still. Okay. When we look at the upcoming season dates for most archery units in Arizona on, on this year, it's September 13th through the 26th. We've got a full moon on the 18th, right during the middle of the hunt. How do you think the moon will impact that? I think it's going to be really similar to what we saw last year um, because the moon definitely had an impact on the later part of the hunt. Um, you know, like unit nine, we'll just use for example, when the rut gets rocking and rolling in unit nine, it really doesn't have a great impact, right? You're going to see a little bit, maybe less activity in the middle of the day, but they're going to be rocking and rolling early in the morning and in the evening. I think where it really impacts the activity of the elk is going to be in the middle tier units, um, like the unit eights, the seven West, the five B where maybe they're not going as hard as they do in some of the other units. And maybe it's a little bit warmer, drier, you know, all those factors. So I think that will definitely play a role. And when that happens, it's really important to start focusing on what they need rather than just like what they want. You know, so where's the water? They're still going to go to water. Um, where's the best feed? They're still going to be feeding. Maybe the rut is, is taking place at night. They're not as active. So we got to think about, you know, how to, how to intercept them in some of those areas. 
So I don't love the dates, and it's just a touch earlier than it was last year. Obviously, the early rifle dates look fantastic. Uh, the block unit archery looks a little bit better because it's a little bit longer of a hunt. Um, and if you can find, I, I can't remember what unit, but there's a unit or two that start have a little bit later start dates. Um, so if like if a 21 starts on yeah, September 21. 20th and goes to the third, gives you a yeah, little bit so more time. It does. It gives you a little more time and it gives you a little bit of, of that waning moon. Um, so if guys are super concerned about it, then I, you know, I would focus on, on something like that. But you know, 21, there's some tremendous bulls that came out of there last year, but that's the rarity, right? I mean, it's not known for tremendous opportunity and a ton of elk the elk that are in there oftentimes are really good but it's more of an opportunity as well tough hunt yeah um talk late hunts um which which ones do you like for the late hunts yep so on the late hunts we like um obviously we like the unit eight hunt it, it provides a lot of opportunity for glassing um it uh, provides a lot of opportunity for you know that old school walking canyons ridges glassing really close instead of you know always glassing at a far so you can pick your th way through some pockets. You can pick your way through the canyons midday and find those bedded bulls. Um, and then you still have your traditional way of glassing spot and stock. Um, we love the unit 10 hunt. Um, one thing I, I think it's important for people, because we talk to a lot of people that are like, Oh, I, I want that unit 10 late, right. Or uh, unit nine late rifle hunt. And that is a vastly different hunt than the early hunts. And I think it's important for people to understand that because they just hear unit nine and it turns them on to that. It is, it is a vastly different hunt. It is a much more difficult hunt. There's some good bulls that are going to be killed out of there. We killed some good bulls out of there last year on the late rifle hunt, but it's much different. It's not great glassing opportunity. There's a lot of hunters, and it's a relatively flat unit. So that seems to be a trap, Jay, that we're seeing year in and year out when people draw that tag. So I want people to be aware of that. Um, obviously, we like the 23 hunt. It's fantastic. You know, we did well in there the last few years. Um, the five B's, eh, that's another really good one. And, if, and we really like the six A hunt. There's enough canyons. There's a lot of country that you can work, um, and you can get in and there's, you know, probably the largest resident herd in the state is probably in that six A country. It's just so big and there's so many elk in there. It's just quality is not what, you know, maybe some guys are interested in, but it's a great unit, um, for hunting elk in general with take quality for what it is. All right, let's hop over um, and talk Arizona antelope and go through some of the units that you like for Arizona antelope. Kind of do okay, the cool. same thing you did before, kind of, you know, upper tier, mid tier type of situation. Yeah, so uh, top tier, uh, just considering what's possible in the unit and then also access is going to be 5B. Um, I think the 5B hunt, if you have the points or you draw a tag in the random, it gives you an opportunity to go in there and hunt for what the best Arizona has to offer at this point. Um, if I had that tag, I'd be looking something, you know, 83, 84 or better. Uh, and then see how the, the unit and the scouting develops as the hunt gets closer. Antelope right now in Arizona is tough. Um, you know, the unit 10 hunt is not what it was. And so I, I don't recommend that people put in for that with the assumption of what it was 10, 15 years ago. If you've got an 80 inch buck in there, you really need to consider killing that buck. If you're, if you're lucky enough to draw the tag, um, the amount of tags that are given, it, it, it just unit 10 is not in my top any longer at all. Um, so I would say five B I love it. 
Uh, I really like the 19A hunt for rifle archery. Uh, 19B, 19A and 19B, they do come with their uh, access problems still. Um, so be aware of that. Unit 9 is coming back, but I'd still say it's a middle tier. Um, so for my top tier, I would have 5B. I would have 19A and 19B. Just be aware with those, especially with 19 uh, B, there's no bonus point pass for those hunts. And I think there might be enough on the rifle, but you you do not want the 19B rifle tag. There's too many hunters that come through prior with the advancements of archery and muzzleloaders. You're going to be left with scraps on 19B for the rifle. So I advise people not to put in for that one. Uh, 19A, just be prepared for the private land issues that come with that. There is access on some certain ranches. Um, some are open to working with hunters. Others are, you know, they'd like to work with certain outfitters just because they have a relationship and there's one guy they can call if there's an issue. Like for us, we've got one that, you know, if there's an issue, he calls me and, you know, I give him the story and tell him what's going on and, and that works. Um, but others are, they want to work with hunters. So it's possible to do that in 19A, but be aware it is an issue. Um, seven West last year and seven East. There were some good bulls or bucks killed out of there, but it's also um, by the time the rifle hunt comes around, it's a little bit hit and miss as to what's available after the archers go through. Um, so for my top, still it's going to be 5B, it's going to be uh, 19A, 19B, and then we're looking at for the middle tier, I'm going to put 9, I'm going to put unit 1. I do like unit 1 for that hunt. Uh, it's a middle tier. They've got, and that's one that someone can draw in a bonus pass because I believe there's 30 tags on that for rifle. Um, unit 10 is going to be lower middle tier. Now there's still some really great bucks and there's some, there's some opportunity to go kill some bucks, but it's not what it once was. Uh, like we remember years and years ago. And then beyond that, you know, you've got kind of a mixed bag of what's available. You know, there's some really bu good bucks coming out of 4A. Um, so I, I think you know, even the fives, um, like we talked about, that's just the top of the class right there still with, especially since so much of it is public land. You bet. Um, do you think Arizona antelope is slowly declining or rapidly declining in quality? I think it's rapidly declining, um, at this point and it's, it's sad. Um, but I think, you know, every year we talk to guys and they're like, hey, I drew this tag. Do you think I should hunt it? And unless you have a health issue or something that really prohibits you from hunting, you need to hunt it because you're probably not going to get another opportunity. When you look at the, the tag allotment from year to year, it is declining rapidly. Right. Um, they're cutting they're cutting units. You know, a lot of units used to have two archery tags. Now they only have one and there's only five tags on them. If you look at it, and this is something for people to be aware of, when you're looking at how many tags are in a unit, there is not a bonus point pass unless it's 10 or above. So guys are like, oh, I'm at max points. I'm going to put in for this unit with five tags and I'll get it. Well, that's not the case. The, all of those are probably going to be random just because there's no bonus point or non-resident pool to, to have. So anything is in the random. And when you look at how many units actually have a bonus point pass or a non-resident pool to draw from, it's it's almost, it'll be nothing in five years, I bet. It's, and then, you know, the other thing is the development of, you know, human encroachment, especially in the 19s within, 
you know, three to five years, it's not going to be huntable country except for on some of the far reaches of the unit on private land. Sure. Sure. Pat, uh, I know your time is um, valuable and uh, I know you've got to get going today. It's been great having you on the podcast. I want to give you a chance to let the listeners know how they can reach out, follow you and uh, reach out to you if, if they want to uh, hear more. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Jay. Um, you know, guys can reach out to me, myself, or they can reach out to Bob Dykeman or Ben Brochu as well. Um, so my number is 928-533-1903. And then the other number I'm going to give you is Ben Brochu. Um, and Ben is 520-907-6079. And then lastly, I'll give them Bob's number. And Bob's number is... 928-925-3437. If anybody has questions, feel free to reach out to any of us. Besides the phone numbers, you can hit us on Facebook or Instagram. We love to talk to people about hunting, um, whether you're a DIY guy, you want to pick our brain, or if you're looking to get something lined up. You know, I I do tell guys this every year that if you're considering hunting with us, you know, as a smaller outfit, um, we cover a lot of units and we do that, you know, with specific people that work in each unit and we're not bouncing people around necessarily, but because of that, we book up fairly quickly. So, you know, if you're considering us, please let us know. Uh, we'd love to talk to you prior. So I really appreciate your time, Jay. Buddy. Thanks for everything. Uh, God bless. And I'll see you down the road. Okay. Thanks buddy. Have a great day. All right.